what do you fear the most? That's a quite a big question, isn't it? And when I put this out last week and sent it out to the email list, I got lots of lots of responses, and some of them were interesting. Some of them were actually yeah, quite disturbing. But uh, understanding what you fear the most can actually take you to places where you might actually gain a sense of assurance. And I'll, I'll get to that. <laughs> it's Barry here, turning the page, weekly uh, podcast or blog on YouTube or wherever you're watching this. And uh, today's topic is about fear. And I remember I learned a lot of, about fear when I was pastoring. And we had a group and we for people who had serious and quite major mental illnesses. And I was pastoring this group. And twice a year, we would go off to a campsite that had a confidence course. And on this confidence course, there was this three-wire uh, rope bridge. So one wire you would walk along, and there'd be another wire either side of you, which you could hang on to and give you some balance. It wasn't very high, maybe it was probably maybe hmm, a metre and a half above the ground. Um, but the actually the hardest part was actually climbing up the sort of um, post ladder that you had to climb up to get to the top of it. And then you looked down and all you could see was one wire and the two wires. And then what we would do is we would um, talk people through the process of how to use the rope bridge, you know. Okay, reach out your hands to either side, grasp hold, and put one foot on the wire, and then put another foot on the wire, and then just walk along. Now, for some people, it took a lot of um, coaxing, encouraging, <laughs> saying they could do it, um, holding the wire still. Um, but <clears throat> in all that time that we, we did it, I've, I never saw anybody fall off. And... A lot of their fear was um, in their head, of course. And what they were frightened of, of course, was, well, I'm not sure, but maybe it was um, falling, of course. Uh, failure. I heard something else I failed at. Maybe they're afraid of getting hurt, injury. Um, maybe the fear of humiliation. Uh, but it was the brain, that thing between your ears, saying this was dangerous that it was different from normal walking. It was the brain doing what it was supposed to do, protect them. And, but what if they did that three wire bridge every day, like that it was part of their daily commute from where they lived to getting the bus or getting into a car, that they had to cross a three wire bridge. And they would learn a lot. They would get more and more confident that it would be just like normal walking. They would jump on it, dance on it, sing hallelujah on it. Um, because it's eventually the brain is trained to accept that this is okay. And it's the same thing. Like, if you fear drowning, then probably learning to swim in, in little bits and pieces helps you to come calm in water. Um... Perhaps it's a fear of cancer, but when you find the cancer and you start going through the process and you're going through that dark valley, you come to experience um, new places of God's closeness. And at least that's what I've found with people I've talked who have gone through dark valleys, that what they feared um, wasn't actually 
there at all. Um, perhaps you've feared uh, a relationship breakdown that you would not be able to cope. But going through it, um, you learn new trust and experience God in actually new ways. And you suddenly realize that how much of your life has actually been controlled by the fear that you have. Now, you actually probably don't know what you fear the most. It's sort of like buried away in the subconscious and you'll only know it when your lifeboat starts to rot <laughs> and water starts to come in over the side. I, I know some people who've been through some incredibly dark places. Yeah, it might have been the loss of health, finances, home, marriage breakdown, or even the death of a child. Finally, uh, <laughs> all the insecurities and attachments are stripped away and you're left with possibly only the breath of the now. And um, biblical character Job was one like that. He had lost everything, lost his possessions, his family, his health. And they were all part of his incredibly dark valley experience. And right at the base of a prayer that he prayed, he says these words, Truly the thing that I fear comes upon me. What I dread befalls me. Now we could easily attribute his fear to the loss of everything he found security or confidence in. Possessions, family and health. But I think Job was actually experiencing a deeper fear. Remember that fear is a feeling. It's an emotion and it's not necessarily fact. It's really important to that. Feelings are there to alert us to something of danger, to warn us, to keep us safe. Fear, as they say, is false evidence appearing real. And it's that appearance that sends chills down our bones and keeps us rooted in the places of security. I think Job was looking at a, a greater appearance as such, one that very, very few face. But it's the fear that is truly at the base of all fears. And it's the turning away of God's face from us, false evidence appearing real. We conclude, I think this is what Job did, we conclude from all the facts, uh, the loss of possessions, his family, his health, that the next relation that would abandon us and detach from us would be God. That attachment to absolute perfect love. Larry Crabb um, tells a story, a parable told by St. Augustine. And here it is here. Suppose Augustine said, God himself came to you and invited you to draw up your ultimate wish list with things on it we'd all agree are okay for Jesus' followers to enjoy. A good meal when you're hungry, a great family life, a satisfying sense of purpose and meaning, the excitement of romance and adventure, robust health, a job that sh showcases your unique talents and earns you respect with lots of money, <laughs> a season passed to the theatre or to the ski slopes. Uh, a good night's sleep every night on your dial mattress number mattress. And to top it off nicely, a good experience in church Sunday mornings where you gratefully worship the generous God who gave it all to you. <laughs> Just 
there's like everything going perfectly right you know just no nothing nothing it's just life has just ticked the box it's fantastic suppose also that while you're looking over your list and deciding it's pretty complete you might just throw in a brand new car maybe a boat a vacation home and god speaks again this time god says i'll give you everything on the list and i'll grant you a long life to enjoy it you know that that's kind of the situation that job was in but there is one condition god says in this parable from augustine if you accept this offer you will never see my face wow and augustine explained this parable this way the chill that you feel when you think of never seeing god's face is your love for god never seeing god's face or all of me the, the blessings and possessions and all that sort of stuff in the here and now i think job was in the grip of that chill he had all that life could offer his life was as complete as much as his wish list could offer him but now he was in the grip of a winter chill to the soul the fear of not having a relationship with God that was similar to being face to face with God. Would that be the very next thing that is stripped away from him? It was coming upon him, but hadn't happened. It was the next challenge, the most difficult. You see, I believe many of us worship a God of certainty. We like to be in control. We worship this God of certainty. Tributes, offerings, gifts of obedience and compliance are made to this God of certainty. If I do this, the God of certainty, you are expected to behave in these ways. It's a contract we make to help us feel safe and secure. And God is boxed into our limitations. I'm reminded of C.S. Lewis and the story of Narnia, where the children were asking about Aslan, someone they were yet to meet. They think Aslan is a human like themselves. And Mr. Beaver, he responds, Aslan is a lion. The lion. The great lion. <laughs> oh, says Susan, I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about being safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he is good. He's the king, I tell you. Uh, we, we want a God of our own making, don't we? A God of certainty. But God comes and invites us to walk with a lion, dance on the water, step into fire, leave our safe home experiences and venture into trust. In our dark nights, in our deepest depressions, we may feel that God has abandoned us. It's fear. False evidence appearing real. And after Job's friends have dissected his life and passed judgment, which is the most of uh, the story of Job, God comes sweeping in, uh, not with answers, um, probably not with more certainty, but with questions. Oh, questions that bring Job to new places of mystery that only those that have been through the dark valleys can appreciate and know. The loss of God is a fear. The loss of God is a fear. But we rest uh, secure in Aslan's voice. In, Je in Deuteronomy, 
It says this, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. And when I, I'm just saying, because of them, the cancers, the traumas, the relationship breakdowns. For the Lord goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake. And I'll just add a detach from you. It's Deuteronomy 31.6. What do you fear the most? It's a simple question, but the answer is very revealing. The answer may tell you what you want to be in control of. Perhaps it's that place where God wants you to trust in their providence. Here's some quotes. Where you focus is where you go. Focus on the negatives, challenges will always take me down. Focus on the positive, good things will always give me hope. The subconscious can be reprogrammed through cognitive reassessments. A feeling of hopelessness, no matter how strong, is an echo and perception from the past, and it's not how things really are. My feelings are reflecting what my heart believes. So what am I telling myself? Feeling it doesn't make it so. <laughs> Believing all of my emotions is the shortest way to a loop of insanity. First the truth, then faith in the truth, then the feelings will come around. And it's not the events, it's not events, either past or present, which make us feel the way we feel, but our interpretation of those events, William Backus. The people who are going to be controlled by their fears are the ones who don't admit them and deal with them, Richard Raw. People who have a large shadow world tend to be fearful. Aimless anxiety is one of the main ways the shadow shows itself. They often tend to be angry too. They're forever looking for a projection screen for their anger, when in fact, they're really angry at themselves, or at life in general. Richard Raw. The past describes what happened. It does not describe what will happen. My life has been full of terrible misfortunes, most of which never happened. Michelle de Montcay. The moment God has figured out with nice, neat lines and definitions, we are no longer talking, no longer dealing with God. Well, God is not nice. God is wild. Richard Raw. I love that quote. When you stand before me, God, in mystery, you will eventually rest within me and trust. When you can't figure me out, You'll give up the illusion of predictability and control and discover the joy of freedom and hope. Larry Crabb. Questions to answer. What happened in you when you read the chill that you feel when you feel of when you think of never get seeing God's face is your love for God? What experiences of fear have you been through? What have they taught you? How would you how would someone worship or give worth to a God of certainty? So question is, what are you afraid of? What are you living in fear of? And if I could give you a certainty of that never happening, all right? If you would never see the face of God, what would you choose? That's the question. What would you choose? Seeing the face of God or living in certainty of not having that fear um, come true?
Hey, send me an email. Always love to hear from my listeners and my viewers. Barry at turningthepage.co.nz And um, if you want to come over and read uh, this particular post, there's a link in the show notes. Um, and particularly just, may, may you come to understand the deepest fear. And that fear will never, ever be realized. Okay, bye.